by thanking the elders for the privilege of standing here this morning to share the word of God. And let me say that, uh, as you can see, there's three of us here this morning. Uh, the other four have other commitments. They have not absconded. Uh, as many of you will know, the Mutsipes are in Tanzania uh, doing some ministry work there. Uh, the Chawanis are traveling. Uh, the Masheles and the Mutlakwanis are in Fleerhof. So there is accountability. We know where people are at any point in time. Even when they are elders in the life of the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, on Friday, we, 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 my wife and I had the privilege of hosting some young adults at our house. We really had a wonderful time with them. Spoke into each other's lives. The essence of what we spoke about is this. Why do we refuse to be Christians? Why do we profess Christ, but we refuse to live like Christians? Why do we refuse to be accountable in our lives? Why do we refuse to lead lives that are submitted? And it was a very insightful conversation. So you see, what happens usually is this, ne? When people say we want to visit you and we want you to talk to us as an elder, the first uh, temptation is to prepare a sermon. And we, we, we decided with my wife that no, let's not preach. Let's just have an informal discussion with young people and understand their perspective and also what we think as their leaders. So out of that conversation, I thought, you know, the sort of things that we were talking about are the things that I think are very important for the life And what I'm going to talk about this morning is very much in line with what we were talking about. When you read the different letters that Paul writes, often when he starts, after he has introduced himself as an apostle, he greets the church as saints. As saints. Because you see, a saint is someone who's called to holiness. 
A saint is someone who's called to show forth the glory of God in their lives. A saint is someone who's called to live in a particular way. Someone who's set aside for the purposes of glorifying God through their lives. But I think as a church we have lost that. I think as a church we are more committed to conforming to, to conforming to the world and its ways and its ways than we are committed to the call that God has placed in us. So I want us to have a little bit of a conversation about what God expects of us as saints. So we read together from the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. We start from verse 3. And it reads thus, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promise, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, your virtue with knowledge, Knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For these qualities, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfaithful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, may I say sisters as well, be all the more diligent to conform, to, to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of your body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. I know that I read up to verse 14. But really what I want to highlight out of this verse is a couple of things. The very first thing that it says is his divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That pertain to life and godliness. So everything that we need, that's what I think the NIV says. 
His divine power has given us everything that we need. For life and for godliness. So whatever it is that you need to be able to live a godly life has been given to you through the divine power of Christ. And it says here, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So by virtue of being called, by virtue of having been called from your sinful ways, by virtue of having accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been given everything that you need for life and for godliness. Because you see, as soon as you accept Christ, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit lives in you. And it is this Holy Spirit that gives you victory over your sinful nature. Hallelujah, Bazelwa. So we have no excuse. So as because his divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Hallelujah. And this is what it says in verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. And virtue with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. Self-control with steadfastness. Steadfastness with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection. Uh, brotherly affection with love. And it continues to say, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, what St. Peter is saying in this verse is this. When you have accepted Christ, when this Christ has given you this ability, when this knowledge that you have of Christ gives you everything that you need for life, there are certain fruits that must come out of your life. There are certain things that must come out of your life. But you see, these things don't just happen. Because it says, use every effort. Make every effort. I'm not sure if Amanda is the right way that I'm looking for. But what I'm looking for is you need to do something. So it, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just, 
you have to do something to exercise yourself to this food. To add to this faith that you have received. It says you must make every effort to add to your faith virtue. Do you know what integrity is? Integrity. So, what you do and what you say are the same. Right? So, you don't say one thing and do something else. That is lack of integrity. If you say, I'm going to rock up to clean the church and you don't pitch up without apologizing. Frankly speaking, that's lack of integrity. So it starts with those small things, right? And then it goes to big things of corruption and doing all other things that uh, we have become familiar with. But really, integrity means doing what you say. So there's alignment between what you say and what you do. In this context, it means when you say I am a Christian, you do what Christians do. Or rather, let's say you do what Christians are supposed to do. Because some of the things that we do as Christians are shocking. Right? So that's why, that's why I'm saying you do what Christians are supposed to do at least So I, I, I equate virtue to integrity. The thing is, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a Setswana word that talks to virtue. You know, when they say someone has virtue, say milo, say milo, character. Yes, character. So you must add to your faith character. Hallelujah, Bazelon. And it says you must add it. Now to that character you must add knowledge. You must add knowledge. Knowledge of what? Of what God expects of you. And where do you get what God expects of you? By reading and searching scripture. Uh, I, I, I thought I'll come to this later, but one of the things that we actually let's let's read it. Can we go to First Corinthians chapter ten, verse First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Right? 
So all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things built. So this is what uh, we were saying with young adults on Friday. You know they are, they are, they are Christians. That can tell you the latest that is on the back of sweating life. Or let's say, is it the middle section? Easy. Spend lots and lots and lots of time watching television. So in, in my mind, and I don't think any of those things are wrong of themselves. I don't think those things are sinful. Well, of course, it depends on what you, what you watch on TV. Right? But those things in themselves are not sinful. There's nothing wrong with them. But here's a question. Are they helpful? Do they build? What value do they add to your life? So knowing what's happening and who's fighting who and who has how many children going out with who and who is divorcing who and all of these things. And what, what value do they add in your life? What value do they add? Shouldn't you rather use that time to build a relationship with Hallelujah. Should you not be using that time Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. I'm convinced that I have a very loud voice. So when I hear it coming out of speakers it makes me feel like I'm screaming. Uh, I think uh, this is complicated. <laughs> so this is this is the thing, uh, Basalwan. What I'm saying is, should you not be using that time to do things that add knowledge unto your life? Because, like I said, some of these things in themselves. There's really nothing wrong with them. But the question is, what value do they add to your life? How do they help you to progress as a Christian? How do they help you to attain that which God has for you? So the Bible teaches us that to our faith, sorry, to our virtue, 
We must add knowledge. And, I, and I keep on, I'll keep on going back to this. Now, that this is what we ought to do. This is something that we have to do. It is not something that is just going to happen. We have to apply ourselves to these things. Amen. Hallelujah. And then it says to knowledge, you must add self-control. Kastwana, it says, Self-control. So when you are offended, how do you react? When someone uses words that are not so nice. That's what self-control is. So you, you take ownership. You, you own your emotions. You own your reactions. There's a saying that says, there's very little that you can do about what someone does to you. There's very little you can do about it. But how you respond? It's 100% in your hand. So you decide. Instantly. Or having thought through it. How you respond to what another person does to you. So this thing that they made me do it. Uh-uh. This thing that they made me do it. Uh-uh. Yes, they make me. No, 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 no. Can I? Can I? This thing that they say, this thing that they made me do it. Uh -uh. So this thing, Amen. Hallelujah. So this thing that they said they made me do it. Can I, can, I, can I make it easy for my sister? <laughs> this thing that Lento Lena. This thing of saying. Lento Yokuti. They made me do it. Bangenzengienze. Is not acceptable. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. So you you have control. Unawo amanda of how you react. To what happens to you. But you see, to build 
this control. You have to learn self-control. You have to apply yourself to the exercise of learning to self-control. And these are things that scripture says to us we must learn. We must make every effort to to our faith. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. So he goes on to talk about steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and brotherly love. So if we can quickly go to the book of James, I'm mean, sorry, of John, chapter 15. John chapter 15, we're reading from verse number 1. So it reads as follows. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Amen. Amen. So the essence of what Christ is saying is this. Right? He says that we are a vine. And we ought to bear fruit. So the outcome of us being in him is the fruits that we bear. The output of our being in him is the fruit that we bear. Hallelujah. And in order to bear this fruit, one, we have to abide in him. But also there's a lot of pruning. That so a lot of cutting. Cutting, yes. A lot of shaping. A lot of molding. That has to happen. Amen, so in order for us to bear fruit, we have to abide in Christ. And we have to allow pruning to happen in us. And 
and the things that you prune are things that do not produce fruit are things that do not add value hallelujah amen and it goes back to what we say all things are permissible but not all things are helpful all things are permissible but not all things build so some things you ought to give up not because they are bad but because they don't build because they don't add any value amen so the expectation that we that, that 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 Christ has of us as his sons and daughters is that we must be a fruitful people. We must produce fruit. There must be outputs that come out of our life. So this is how okay, before we go there, let's read Galatians chapter 5. From verse 16. Galatians 5 from verse 16 to verse 25. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So this is what Paul says to the Galatian church. That there are works of the flesh. And the works of the flesh are evident. Can be seen. We can see the works of the flesh. And he lists them. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Sensuality. Yes. What is sensuality? 
So you see, sensuality is being driven by the things that that makes you feel, yeah, that makes you feel good, feel nice. You see, I dress the way I dress so that I can feel, you Ugu. see, like, uh, yeah, like I'm happening. You see, so, so that's sensuality. The things that appeal to your senses. Oh, okay. The things that appeal to your emotion, to your feelings. So that's sensuality. You are being driven by your senses. Adultery. Sorcery. Buloi. Yes. Enmity. Enmity. Jealousy. Umona. Fit of anger. Rivalries. You, you know how many rivalries we have in church? Groups. Uh, uh, so we, we belong to this group. And then others, do you have a Bible? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, yes. So you are going to give a Bible, yes, yes. No, no, no. <laughs> Okay, so are you guys ready? Okay, let's go back. Verse 18. Verse 18. Okay, I'll read in Spedis. I'm going read in Sizul. Romera le dumela rochaliwa kemoya. Ralesa bushwa kemolao. Midiro yanama ipepenene. Kesalo. Kebuotwa. Lidichila. Lebuchotolo. Kirochankela midimu lebuloi, lechoyano lidintwa, lepefelo leborale, liditele leborarigari, kimona lepulao lebutawa, lebuhuri lechediswanaru lecheo, che kifelaru kilebucha bialo kareki. Buriche Hale Kilburiche Halekari. Baba Tiraroche Vialo Bakasi Jevo Huam Mushon Wamudimu. Amen. See some from verse nineteen. You can read from verse nineteen. Kepa imi sebenzi yenyama isobala. Engi kuti ubu febe. No kunola. Namanyala. No kukonza izi tombe. No kutakata, no buta, no kulwa, no mona, no kutukutela, no kubanga, no kualana, no kwasukana, no mhau, no kutagwa, no kutokozela, no kunjalo enga tundela, tolo bazalwana, no kunjalo enga tundela. Ukunichela ngako. Njengo kuba sengi nichela ukuti 
abenza okunje abayakuyikulidla ifa lombuso kaNkulunkulu Amen. Amen. So the Bible says these things are evident. So these things we can see. And here's the truth, right? These things are plenty in the church. Some of them have become, you know, like normal. That's why I had to correct myself. And say the way a Christian ought to live. Not the way we live as Christians. So I think as people who call themselves by the name of our Lord, we ought to have this conviction that says these are the works of the flesh. And those that indulge in these works of the flesh shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This is what the Bible says. A good friend of mine, of ours, used to say the Bible does not exaggerate. So when God says it, he means it. When he says, those who show this thing shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He means it. Calling myself a Christian. Coming to church every day. Going out to win souls. It's necessary. Absolutely necessary. But it's not enough. We have to live out the calling of God in us. We don't only do. We be. Siaba. Right. We be. We become. Siba. Yes. I think. Yeah. So we have to be Christians. We don't just talk the language. We do the thing as well. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is the challenge that you and I face. In the book of 1 John chapter 2 verse 16. 1 John chapter 2 verse 16. The Bible talks about three things. It says, this is what, okay, let me read it before I say things. First John chapter 2, verse 16. Okay, well, let's start from verse 15, verse 1, 5. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, 
and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. In other versions, it says, the last of the flesh, the last of the eye, and the pride of life. Amen. It says that is all that is in the world. So everything that drives us in the world is centered on these three things. The last of the eye, the last of the flesh, and the pride of life. So the things that we look at and we last after. The things that makes us feel good. The things that we wake up every morning and we commit ourselves to him. So that our neighbors can say, yeah. You are tops. You are tops. The pride of life. Hallelujah. Amen. So John boils everything down to these three things. He says it is the last of the earth. So the things that we see and we really last the last of the flesh. The things that make us feel good. The pride of life. The things that cause our neighbors to say was cock. Hallelujah. Amen. So think about these things. Because if we are not of the world, we should be saying like Jesus said. My food is to do the will of the Father. My food is to do the will of the Father. My food is to do the will of the Father. I'm not correcting you. I'm emphasizing. I'm just emphasizing. Hallelujah. Amen. So we should be like Christ and say, My food. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, from verse 1 to verse 2, it says. Do not be conformed to the standards of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to test what is the good and perfect will of God. But you see, if what drives us, what continues to drive us, is the desire to conform to this world. We will not be transformed. Our minds will not be renewed. And therefore, we will not be able to test what is the perfect 
What is the good and the perfect will of God? Because what drives us is the need and the will to conform. And we know that the world is driven by this thing. The last of the eye the last of the flesh and the pride of life. Hallelujah, Amen. The Lord is good, right? Jesus is wonderful. Amen. So, the challenge for you and I, You see, in the book of Romans, chapter 1, is it Romans or Corinthians? Either 1 Corinthians chapter 1 or Romans chapter 1. Where the Bible says that those things that the world has determined to be wise, Logo I'm sorry, to be stupidity, Logo he has determined to be wise. A, a very good friend of mine and, 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 and I were talking the one time. And this is what we said. If we were to backslide today, honestly, we don't know where we're going to start. To catch up. With the world. So really, there's no incentive to backslide. Because honestly, I wouldn't know where to start. I'm not pro professing to be there. I'm not professing that I have, uh, like, like, like Paul says, that he has, you know, profess, confess, you know, that I have attained the goal. I'm not professing that. But I must confess, I am so far behind that I wouldn't know where to start. Amen. Amen. And I really think that's, what we should, that's who we should be. We should be unapologetic about the calling that is in us. We should be unapologetic about the calling that is in us. You see, I was, I, was, I was saying to, to, to the young adults on Friday, if, if it so happens that your colleagues at work don't know that you are a Christian, the day they find out that you are a Christian, they must say, now it explains it. Now it says, now I understand why this person is understand? So, so if they don't know that you are a Christian, it should be that when they find out, they must be able to say, now it explains why this person carries themselves the way they are. Not say, ah, we know Right? And for me, that's being an ambassador of Christ. You know the controversy that's going around about one of our ambassadors. That she said she tweeted what she tweeted. I, I, I opened the 
the account a long time ago. Okay, what's on the account? My wife was telling me it was in 2010. Oh, but okay. I only started looking at what people say on Twitter like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. What can you pay? Is it just by logo Twitter and give a mobile and you leave? I still ask myself, but why? But that's, that's another thing. So the point that I'm making is this, right? The problem with what she tweeted is this. What she tweets represents the views of someone. You see, when, when you are a representative, when you stand in public, what you say is not your view. You represent, you, you say what you represent. So a president can't stand up one day and say, look, now nah, nah, I think uh, we should do one, two, three, four. But anyways, the constitution doesn't allow us because he has to represent the constitution. So, the, the seven of us as elders in the, Laba, of the church. Uh, seven. We can have a meeting. Disagree. Talk. Discuss. And then we come to a position. Not because all of us agree. But somehow we come to a decision. So I, I, I can't come and stand here. And say, uh, we, we have decided uh, to, to fire the ashes. But now I don't agree. The elders have decided, but now I don't agree. I can't do that. Because you see, when I stand here and talk, I am submitted to the and the decisions that the elders have. So when you are wherever you are, having said that you are a Christian, you ought to represent the kingdom that you have said you represent. The life that you live has to show forth what that kingdom is about. The decisions that we make every day. How we live with our children. How we live with our husbands. How we live with our wives. Must be a reflection of God's standard. When John says, May you increase as I decrease. When Jesus Christ says, May this cup pass me by. But may your will be done. Above 
my will. So you see, when Christ faced the cross, it was a real thing. It was a real thing. And his prayer says, if it were according to me, I wouldn't go to the cross. Because of the pain challenge that I'm going to face. But because I've been sent by God to do his work, his will be done. And remember, the Bible teaches us there. You will never allow any test or trial to come your way without providing a way around and by the way, the way that he provides is not the way that is contrary to his way. As I conclude, David says, Though I walk through the valley of shadow, I will no evil. For he is with me. So, Mzalwani, the choices that you make, irrespective of the situation and the circumstance, that you go through. God still calls us to faithfulness. God still says we must be faithful to him and to his word and to his kingdom. It's no longer about us. It's no longer about how I feel today. It's no longer about the, 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 what, my rights. It's about the kingdom of God. You know, it goes to an extent in the book of Corinthians. Where it says, even as Christians, we shouldn't be suing each other. We shouldn't be taking each other to court. We shouldn't each other. But you see, when you sue someone, it's because you are saying my rights have been violated. And I want redress. But the Bible even warns us against that. Amen. I have a lot to say, but uh, I had thought that I would be done in 30 minutes. I have been at it now for almost Amen. Hallelujah. So, Vazalani, this is what I challenge each and every one of us, myself included. Let's commit to being Christian. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. That power of Christ that lives in us has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. So that we are able to lead lives that bring glory and honor. So that our testimony is able to draw so our neighbors unto Christ. So that you know, so that when someone says Abazalwani, you can be able to say, So but have you seen me? Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Amen. So that we are true 